You know, I, I wondered what the difference was between hope and faith. And as I set out to try to understand that, I really learned a lot about hope. And what I saw in the process is what hope gives us. Hope gives us joy and it enables our patience. And I don't know about you, but I could certainly use a little more joy. I would not mind that in my life, just being honest. Um, and I know that I absolutely need more patience. So why don't we explore this together and see what we can find. Now, if you don't know who I am, I'm Joseph Walter and I do the content for Loving Theology. I wanted to start this series on hope with a simple verse. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. That's Romans 8, 24 and 25. And I wanted to tell you a story. Um, so in our family, we've got three little kids. Um, one of them's a baby, but two are toddlers. And uh, during Christmas this past year, um, I really wanted to do uh, something that was a little bit more traditional. Um, we're not a super traditional family, um, but I wanted to do a, a series of Advent, which is where you talk through different concepts over the four weeks. And one of the weeks is on hope. So I wanted my kids to learn about hope and really understand it. But, uh, you know, for a toddler, you know, I could sure maybe try to get them to memorize a definition, a set of words, and just regurgitate it back to me but I didn't really think that would be helpful. What I wanted them to do is I wanted them to experience hope in that moment while I was teaching them about it, and then associate that experience, how they felt with the idea of hope. So I sat them down and I said, okay guys, we're gonna talk about hope. And then I said, um, but I have something really important to tell you. In a few minutes, I'm gonna give you a bowl of ice cream. And I want you to imagine what happened on their faces. As they heard those words, they thought for a second, and then you can imagine the smile that crept over their faces. And what I told them is, that's hope. I said, why are you happy? Why are you happy right now? And they said, well, because of the ice cream. I said, you don't have any ice cream. Why would you be happy? You don't have any ice cream. Well, you, you said that you were gonna give us some ice cream, right? Uh, that, that's why we're happy. And I said, that's hope. You see, even though they didn't have the ice cream, they had the joy of thinking about that they would have, that they would have the ice cream. See, they were able to experience the benefits of something that was coming in the future. Hope is about something that's in the future and it lets you experience those benefits today. Now, I, I don't wanna worry you. Um, I did give my kids the ice cream, but part of the reason that I did is because I want them to know that they can trust me. I want them to know that whenever I tell them something, they can, they can trust that I, I'm actually telling them the truth, that they can trust in what I say. But I want you to imagine for a minute that they didn't trust me. If, if I didn't have a relationship with them where they trusted me, then whenever I said, hey, I'm gonna give you a bowl of ice cream, what if the first thought that crossed their mind rather than, ooh, that sounds good, was, yeah, right, I've heard that before. Do you think that their face would have lit up in the same way? Do you think their faces would have smiled in that same way? Of course not. And that teaches us, I think, probably the first and most foundational element of hope, which is that hope depends on faith. It, it is built on trust. Here's another verse for you. It's Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that idea of trust is at the root of this idea of hope. It serves as the foundation. What I mean is that in order to have hope in something, you have to believe that it's true. Because if it's not true, then it's not worth putting your hopes in. Um, and really one of the best examples of hope uh, is Abraham. Um, this is where we get that phrase, hope against hope. It comes actually from a passage out of Romans 4. Starting in verse 18, I wanted to read it to you. 
It says, in hope, again, this is talking about Abraham, in hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And interestingly, this is a chapter that's about faith. Romans 4 is about faith. And in it, we see this picture of what hope looks like. You see, we get that phrase, you know, hope against hope from this passage. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, but this is where we get it from. And, and what that phrase really means is that Abraham had absolutely no earthly reason to have hope. He was really old, Sarah was barren. So there was no reason to get his hopes up about possibly having a kid. And so whenever he chose to have hope, he didn't choose having hope because there was a good, logical, earthly, understandable reason for having hope. He chose to have hope because he believed that God was able to do it. It said, um, I love the way that it says, it says, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. So in other words, he had hope because he believed the promises of God. He had hope because he had faith. So just like my kids' hope depended on them believing me, Abraham's hope depended on him believing God. And it's in this same way that our hope depends on us believing in what we hope for, believing that it will actually come to pass. So for example, for us to have hope and experience the joy of God's promises, we have to actually believe that they will come to pass. We have to believe that God's promises are true. Maybe you've heard you know, the phrase uh, that hope is a dangerous thing. And the reason that we say that is because hope, whenever you get your expectations set in something, you get your hope set in something, it hurts to get those dis expectations disappointed. It hurts to get that hope disappointed. That, that hope that is disappointed is too painful to risk unless we really believe that the thing that we're hoping in is actually gonna come to pass. There's even a proverb about this. This is Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if we don't believe that something's going to happen, then we're simply not willing to take the risk and put our hope in it. To say it in a simple way, if we do not have faith, we cannot have hope. So that serves as the foundation for how we get hope. But that maybe leaves us with the question of why. Why is it worth pursuing hope? And the reason is that hope brings joy. You see, um, the simple definition that I gave my kids for hope is that it, it is being excited about something that's coming. It's the excitement that you feel, just like with the ice cream. So the reason that my kids were smiling wasn't because of the sweetness of the ice cream, the taste of the ice cream. They couldn't taste the ice cream whenever they had that joy. The reason that they experienced that joy presently about something that was coming in the future was because they had hope. And this demonstrates probably what is my favorite definition for hope. See, I've heard it said that hope is the present enjoyment of future blessing. So in a simple way of saying it, hope causes joy. Hope inevitably leads to joy. And here's the thing is that that tells us something about God's nature. Because whenever he gives us commands and instructions about having hope in his promises, what he's really doing is he's encouraging us to experience the joy of what he has for us, the joy of his promises here and now on this side of eternity. You see, the reality is that God wants us to experience joy, even joy in this life. Think about uh, the fruits of the spirit. What's number two on the list? Number two, it's joy. 
God wants us to experience joy, but the reality is, and God knew this, is that our lives are not always enjoyable. Our lives are not always pleasant. In fact, oftentimes they are downright unpleasant. So how can we do that? You see, it, because God knew this, he gave us the gift of hope. He gave us hope so that we could experience joy here and now, even though we're surrounded by so many difficult things. He gave us hope and taught us how to use it so that we could have joy even whenever it doesn't make sense to have joy. Think about it this way. Joy is often described as a happiness that is consistent, a happiness that isn't contingent on our circumstances. Now, first of all, that, that sounds really good. And I hear that and I go, oh yeah, that sounds great. That's what I want. But then whenever you actually try to walk it out, you're like, ah, uh, I'm not sure that's actually possible. Because whenever our circumstances change, it's, it's almost impossible to just you know, not feel that sense of happiness leave, to not feel that sense of joy leave. So how is it possible? God didn't, you know, give us something that was impossible to do. The answer is hope. Hope is what makes that possible. And the way that it does is that hope enables us to experience the joy, the good that God has for us in the future, even while we're surrounded by the bad that sin has caused. Even whenever we're surrounded by this broken world, we can still experience joy because we can take hope, take a moment to experience hope in the promises of what God has coming for us. Now, while my kids were enjoying the first example of hope that I had given them and making a mess with it, I gave them another example. And what I wanted to do was um, stretch their hope a little bit. You see, the reason that they were so easily excited about the ice cream was because it was just a few minutes away. I was gonna give it to them in just a moment. Um, and so, you know, what I wanted to do then was I wanted to, like I said, stretch their hope for something that they would have to wait a while for. A few weeks even, which is a long time for a toddler. And that was Christmas morning. So as we started trying to build hope, as I started trying to build hope in them about Christmas morning, I, I asked them to basically daydream about it, to start thinking about and tell me about the things that they were excited about. And so we did that. We started talking about spending time together as a family, uh, drinking hot chocolate came up, of course, opening presents came up and they got excited. They started feeling happy. They felt joy. You see, they experienced hope, hope about Christmas, and that led them to experience joy about it, even though it was something that was far off. And I think this simple example of Christmas actually demonstrates something really powerful about hope, something really amazing about the way that hope can transform our perspective. You see, whenever we're waiting for something, hope transforms the experience of waiting. Rather than being a process where we just want to get the wait over with and we just want the thing here, being, having hope while we wait enables us to enjoy the waiting. The anticipation almost adds to our joy. It's like uh, if it was just sort of here and gone, we wouldn't enjoy it as much as we would for having to wait for it. Like Christmas, right? So the, the season of Christmas, what makes Christmas stand out as one of you know, sort of the most celebrated holidays is because it doesn't just simply come and go. It's not here one moment and gone the next, because then we would only enjoy it for such a short time. The reason that Christmas is so great is because we anticipate it for so long. There's the Christmas season. We sort of build our expectations about it. We get excited about it. We build our hope about Christmas. And as a result, we get to experience the joy of it for so much longer. You see, this type of hopeful expectation takes something that can only be described as tedious waiting, and it turns it into joyful excitement. You see, we don't have the fulfillment of all of God's promises now, but what we do have is hope. And hope gives us the enjoyment of God's promises here and now. 
And this enjoyment makes it so that the waiting is actually pleasant. That as we wait for those promises to be fulfilled, that waiting is pleasant. Our experience of it is pleasant. And I want you to get this part, that whenever waiting is pleasant, patience is easy. And this goes back to that verse in the beginning, Romans 8, 25, where it says, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So here's what I want you to see, is that faith leads to hope, and hope causes joy, and that joy enables our patience. You see, we've seen now the benefits of hope, but there's more to it. You see, the, the Bible doesn't just talk about the benefits of hope, it also talks about the necessity of hope. See, the Bible over and over explains that hope isn't just some um, nice to have, some optional benefit that we get, and we can choose to take advantage of it or not, not a big deal. No, it explains that hope is absolutely essential to Christianity. That, that, in other words, we cannot do the Christian life without hope. So next time, that's what we're gonna talk about, is why is hope not optional? Why is hope absolutely essential? Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so that you don't miss it. I hope that this conversation was helpful for you today. Thank you so much for joining us.